Hey, Angela here. Before we begin this episode, I'd like to invite you to join our Substack community, where you'll get more founder profiles, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, first access to all my original work, and access to our community group chat. All you have to do is click the link in the description. I love and appreciate your support. It's awesome to see all your comments, email responses, and reactions. I'm happy to share this journey with you. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Honey and Hustle, a video podcast that inspires the dreamers, creators, and hustlers to make a business from their passions. I'm Angela Hollowell, and I'm a visual storyteller based in Durham, North Carolina. I sit down with creative entrepreneurs, nonprofit founders, and small business owners as they share their stories, the lessons they've learned throughout their careers, and how they've worked to make a positive impact. Hey everyone, we are filming season three of the Honey and Hustle podcast live at the Durham Bottling Co. right in downtown Durham. We're about to get into a great conversation, but before we do that, I'd really appreciate it if you take a moment to share this episode with someone who you think might get some value from it. Feel free to tag me on the podcast on social media, and I'll be sure to put those links on the video and in the description below. If you're listening to the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podchaser, Apple Podcast, or Spotify. It helps others find the show and lets me know how I'm doing at this video podcast thing. If you'd like to support the show, be sure to check out our affiliate links, shop our merch, and subscribe to the Honeypot newsletter and this YouTube channel, all at the links in the description. Without further ado, let's get into it. So for those who are listening and watching, Jason and Cece um, are the founders of EarFluence and work there currently. Uh, am I saying that correctly? I, I'm the founder, and then Cece came on board in, in yeah. 2020. I've been there since pretty close to the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So that was my, my understanding of your relationship. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. Um, That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jason, I know a little bit about how Airflows got started and kind of some of the shows that you guys produced, but can you tell me a little bit about that for people who don't know and then kind of talk us through um, the shows that you guys are producing currently and what you guys are excited about right now. Yeah, I mean, and thank you so much for having us on the show. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this, this space is awesome at Durham Bottling Company, and uh, you're awesome, so I really appreciate <laughs> you, you being here, um, or have us being here. But yeah, it all started, I mean, I, I got into podcasting in 2017. Um, the company I was working for, I was 10 years into uh, an SEO gig and I was just getting just anxious, antsy. It was like, I, I don't know what I, my professional legacy is and I want to do something a little bit more and started really falling in love with the storytelling part of things like serial and pretend and startup and how I built this. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I wonder if, wonder if I can do this. Um, and so I created a, a podcast for the company I was working for. It was about how our uh, company or how our clients' companies were building up their companies. So like, you know, great marketing material for, for them. Mm-hmm. And I was hosting, producing, editing, all those things. And it, it, was, it was great. I loved it. Convinced my wife in 2018 to start a podcast. Um, and she's a wedding planner. And uh, we quickly found that we, we thought it, was, it would be about wedding stories. Mm-hmm. Like all the crazy... You know, bridezilla, uh, family dynamics, all those things. Like we thought it would be about that and like it, it, um, entertainment. Yeah. And what quickly resonated was the actual education part, like how to do SOPs, how to do all these different things to grow your business. 
and we're like, oh, wait a minute here. Like something's going on. Like this can be valuable for uh, businesses. Like they don't have to be viral sensations to, to be valuable. Like from the content production standpoint, business development and just like showcasing your expertise. I was like, okay, I think, I think this is what's going to happen here. And then I started Earfluence in 2019. Um, one of the first clients was Deepak right around here. Nice. And then, um, yeah, I grew that company. Um, actually met with uh, Donald Thompson who had a podcast and um, he helped us out in the beginning quite a bit in getting this off the ground. Um, and then 2021, um, we set up a studio at Raleigh Founded. And then 2022 at American Underground. Um, the clients that we're working with are entrepreneurs, um, you know, thought leaders, you know, businesses that just need that marketing and, and really value podcasts as a part of their, their marketing portfolio. So that's a little bit about the, the start of the company. Yeah. So, Cece, when you joined in 2020, how did you hear about Airfluence and was like, yeah, I want to go into podcasting. Like, this is a job. Yeah. So <laughs> I was studying audio journalism at UNC Jebel Hill at the time. Um, and as much as I loved the stories that I was doing and making, um, I quickly realized that I went to journalism school to learn that I didn't want to be a journalist um, <laughs> because it's exhausting and stressful and sometimes really sad. And I don't like any of those things. I don't know many people who do. Mm -hmm. um, and so actually, Jason messaged me on LinkedIn and was like, hey, you do audio. Would you be interested in freelance editing some stuff? And I was like, sure. Um, and then come summer, I was still working for the university on their social media team part-time. Um, and then he was like, well, with the other part of your time, do you want to work for Earflow? So I was like, sure. And then a couple months later, he was like, you know, you could work here full-time if you want. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, of course. He was like graduating at the very beginning of, you know, when the pandemic started, not really knowing, like none of my friends being able to get a job, anything. I was like, well, this kind of just fell right into my lap exactly what I want to be doing. So very grateful for that. Nice. We got very lucky with that. Like the, the reality is if it wasn't the pandemic, CC would have been off in New York, you know, doing some, you know, audio journalism thing and, and spreading her wings in, in New York. And then uh, the pandemic hits and it's like, no, I'm not in New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I felt very, very lucky uh, about that. And you know, the first time that, that we met, um, we were at a, uh, a, a bridal showcase, it was called, um, at the Merriman Wynn in mm -hmm. downtown Raleigh. And we were just getting interviews with couples from there for the Weddings for Real podcast, my wife's podcast. And, uh, you know, I, I was like, you know, hey, can you video us? Can you, you know, maybe go grab some couples? And, I mean, no fear whatsoever. Most people would have been like, I don't know, like just randomly going up to, to couples and asking them to be on a podcast. Nah, <laughs> she didn't care one bit. <laughs> and she was like, all of a sudden, she's got the mic doing interviews. And I was like, whoa, okay, we've got to start here. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all about telling stories. And if you want the story, you got to go and get it. So, I mean, I did learn that in journalism school. It wasn't all bad. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I didn't completely waste it. Yeah, it was definitely worth my time, but it prepared me for something that I didn't necessarily know I wanted to be doing. Yeah. So. And so that brings into, like, podcasting is still a fairly new thing, you know, for mm -hmm. most people, especially in terms of jobs and things like that. I mean, you have, like, your bigger content houses like NPR and things like that who are hiring, obviously, for audio people and producers and Spotify, I'm sure, is hiring for people. Um to work in that space, but by and large, like companies are like, yeah, I need a podcast producer on my marketing team or whatever. Yeah. You know that that's not really um, on a lot of people's purview. You know, the other half is like podcast tech, so things like you know Riverside or Squadcast FM that are like helping you record a podcast and edit it seamlessly. Um, 
But so when the pandemic hit, you know, you were still pretty new in the business. You were still pretty new with Airfluence. Um, how did the partnership at Rally Founded come to be? Yeah. So that's a really good question. And Rally Founded, I tried connecting with them uh, early 2020, before the pandemic. And we were doing a podcast called Startup Stage, um, where it was underrepresented entrepreneurs would pitch to a panel of four investors. And it couldn't be like a shark tank where, yes, we, make, we get a deal here on the spot. It was more like feedback. And my vision for it was, you know, some investors would be excited about these companies and then the podcast would come out. And then two months later, we would do a big live event uh, where there, maybe there'd be a big check, like one of those big fake checks being, yeah. being handed That's out. That's the dream. Right. But we recorded all those episodes uh, February of 2020. And then the pandemic hits and there was no live. <laughs> there, was, there was no live event there anyway. So you asked about Rally Founded, though. Um, I had asked them, like, hey, would you want to partner with us on doing some sort of live event? Um, and this was you know, before the, the pandemic happened. And um, they, they were like, no, not, not, not really. That's not really what we're going to do right now. Um, and so we actually partnered with, with WeWork on, on that one. Um, and so they were a sponsor of, of that show. So you know, I just kind of stayed in touch with them, like with the pandemic. You know, nobody was really doing much as far as being aggressive with um, podcast studios or anything like that. But that is not to say that we weren't doing anything because we had actually grew so much in clients during the actual pandemic because we could do it virtually. And everyone had so much more time on their hands that they were like, well, I want to start a podcast. So yeah. we it was honestly kind of a gift for our for the comp for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then, uh, well, and part of our value add before the pandemic was taking our studio to go to our clients' places of business. Like, we couldn't do that um, with uh, the pandemic, but everybody became so comfortable, as you mentioned, with Zoom and StreamYard and Riverside and all these different things. But um, anyway, getting back to, to Raleigh Founded, mm -hmm. you know, as things were starting to open up and it was starting to seem like things were going to, that people were going to be able to go back into co-working spaces, you know, I reached out to them and said, hey, you know, I've had this idea in my head for a long time, you know, partnering with a co-working space. Um, I really wanted to be Raleigh Founded because you seem to be all about the entrepreneurs and you seem to be all about you know, team in the triangle and lifting people up. Um, so is this something that you're interested in? And uh, this time it was, yeah, let's talk. Okay. Yeah. So it took, and that's the thing we, we learn with businesses in early entrepreneurship is like, sometimes it takes time with yeah. massaging relationships. Um, and that was certainly the case with Founded. So as a fellow pandemic podcaster, I started yeah. mine like March 2020. So I'm like, yeah, I know, like, <laughs> just, you know, we should start a club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, support group. Yeah, people. that might be a better one. <laughs> um, you know, for people who started with you during the pandemic, like, what have you seen in terms of, you know, show maturity, podcast host maturity, goal maturity? Because like you said, like, you don't need to go viral on a podcast to be valuable mm -hmm. and to have a dedicated audience who's like, yes, I listen to you every time you drop, you know, like listen to you every morning, you know, really love your feedback, really engage audience. Like what have you seen in terms of people who are like, obviously all different walks of life, all different industries coming in and like, okay, I started with this one thing during the pandemic. Now that things are kind of sort of getting back to normal, maybe my time isn't there, but I still want to dedicate time to this. Like what has that 
than yeah. for somebody to be referred to it. Sure. So what we've seen, especially recently, and this has evolved quite a bit, is that a lot of times our clients would be concerned in our initial kickoff call, like, do I have enough to say? You know, do I have enough content to get out there? And that has very much evolved because they see the value of business development from podcasts. So like we just did a kickoff call with um, Dr. Pamela McCauley. She's at NC State. She's a STEM educator, um, you know, entrepreneur, all these things. And she's talking about like, well, what would my, my topics be? Who would my audience be? Who would my guests be? And because we've been podcasting for like a thousand episodes, 1500 episodes or something, mm -hmm. like we have got all these connections where we're like, we know these people that you need to, to contact. And it's a business development opportunity for them to say, hey, do you want to come on my podcast? And you know, from there, they have actual conversations on partnerships or you know, clients or, or whatever it is. And so that piece of it has been a light bulb moment for a lot of our clients. Um, and, and of course, you know, they want to have the best content out there. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, okay, well, what are the goals for this podcast? And that is a lot of times getting in front of the right audience. And I also think on a much like smaller level, you talked about the companies that started with us, you know, virtually and at home. A lot of like when you're starting out as a host, if it's something you've never done before, even if you've done public speaking, like that's different, but it helps, but it's different. Um, it can be really scary to think like I'm in control of this next hour. And like, if it's bad, can I curse? Yeah. If it's shit, then like it's my fault that it's shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that as we've seen, as we've been able to go into these new studios that we have and record with those clients, they're a lot more comfortable in a way that I don't know that they necessarily would have been because there's something to getting to practice with a screen there where like, you know, you've got an escape route if it's really that bad exit. Oh, I'm so sorry. My Wi-Fi cut out, you know, whatever. Right. Um, everybody is like, now that they've gotten their reps in, in a place where they're more comfortable, they're a lot better when it comes to, you know, face-to-face -face yeah. recording. So one thing that has helped me as a host, one is just to keep doing it. Even so when true. Fuck up. And yeah. then, <laughs> which has happened when I first started. And I would like draw blanks sometimes or I'd be asking people questions. I'm like, man, I'm so glad I can edit this and this isn't live. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we start every recording with this isn't live. Please don't freak out. Yes. Everything's cool. Yeah. yeah. But one of the ways that also helped me, aside from just doing it, was being a guest on other people's podcasts. Yeah. And I sure. think like on Twitter, on LinkedIn, sometimes it's like you see some of some people just like on each other's shows. You know what I mean? And so it's like it now... I'm sure you realize this, but it's a value add for you when people come to you and they're like, okay, I want to do an interview-based podcast. And you're like, I got people you can interview. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and people who are seasoned and people who are used to it. And you start to learn people's different processes and their ways and things like that. So for you, for you started off just like doing it on your own for another company. Now you have influence, the company and the podcast. And now you're here like on my show and I'm sure you've been on other shows. Like what has that been like for you being both like behind the camera, not involved at all in terms of the production, but just the post-production and then also being like a guest so kind of like it's weird right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's weird to evolve with that um you know you i uh, you seem to be supremely confident all the time with, with everybody you. always says that it's, it's, it's how you come across I'm just like, chill, maybe, yeah you know? it can always be worse well, what well, could go wrong? You know what I mean? There's nothing to be afraid of. What's the worst that could happen? That's exactly. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I used to get pretty nervous with uh, being a host on a podcast and being a guest on a podcast 
uh, boy, I remember being on uh, Donald Thompson's podcast, <laughs> and like I've been producing this podcast forever, and all of a sudden I'm a guest on it, and I'm like very jittery. I'm like, what is? What are these feelings? Like, it's so, <laughs> but you know, it, it's those feelings are good to have, um, and you want to be at least to a degree nervous about it, just so this, it's important. Um, but uh, but yeah, that kind of ties down a little bit where you, you're comfortable with it, and you know that it can be edited out. Um, but but yeah, it's 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 a little weird. Yeah. Love it. Love yeah. It. Yeah, it's fun though. <laughs> what about you? Like, you go on a lot of podcasts. A lot is a stretch. I've gone on a few. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think one thing that I will say that I've noticed, um, of course, it's helped me as a host and like refine some of my process in terms of like onboarding and offboarding people. But also, just like as a guest, like, and even pre pandemic, like, I just wasn't used to telling my story. So it's like, yeah, I help people tell their stories all the time in other ways, but now I have to be in the hot seat and try to package this in a way that makes sense and also is like, I won't say evaluate necessarily, but it's like meaningful and like people can relate to and understand. And that wasn't like super intuitive for me early on. Like when it's your turn to tell your story, it's like, okay, how can I tell this in a way that's cohesive, in a way that makes sense, in a way that allows people to get to know me? Yeah. You know? And so, but like you see that get better over time. Because yeah. I mean, in a way, it's way easier to tell somebody else's story because you can objectively right. look at it and be like, these are the parts that's interesting, that's irrelevant, like this is how we're going to tell it. Right. But when you have to do that for yourself, to you, either like, it, depending on, you know, your general outlook, either everything's important or nothing's important. And you don't know how to define how the best way to tell it. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Because I can't help myself. Yeah. You know, <laughs> podcast host, podcast bro. I'll put you on the spotlight here. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. So, like, um, we talk about getting the reps in, you know, with being a host, being a guest. I've seen you do your thing on Spaces now. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I don't know anything about it, honestly. Like, I haven't dug into it at all. But I see you there. I see um, Lauren uh, Passel there. I see um, uh, Ariel there. And, like, what what are you getting from that? And, like, are you getting reps just from... And it's like a clubhouse type atmosphere, right? Yeah, we did one clubhouse one time. And then I think yeah. that was... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we like, yeah, we'll step away. So I will say I haven't hosted a space, but I've been in a lot. I've spoken in a lot. I've been a dedicated guest on one, a couple. And... I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to go ahead and cancel myself now. So, <laughs> like, I did not actually listen to audio-only podcasts. I only watch video podcasts. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm very similar. I watch a lot of video-only podcasts. Just, I don't know. I know they're not moving. I know it's not any different. But somehow I'm just like, I need to see you speaking. Um, so, it's Twitter spaces. I was kind of like, mm, let's just see what happens. Like, I'm not really good at being just talked at for, like, long periods of time if I can't see right. you. But it's just a whole different atmosphere. It's definitely, mm. definitely conversational. I think I gravitated to it more than Clubhouse because I didn't have to start from scratch mm-hmm. yeah. in meeting people. It was like people that I followed or people that they knew. So it was kind of this mutuality there as well. And I just feel like spaces to me, because it is so casual, because it is. It's like one big phone call. You yeah. know, it's okay. like people just drop gems, just like mm. as they're talking. You know what I mean? So I've learned a lot, I would say in that way and in a way that I can ask questions, get feedback, chat, um, and then after that, of course, if I tweet out the space, some people will respond and we can keep the conversation going there. So I just feel like it's multifaceted in how you can learn and grow and connect. So I've really loved spaces, definitely recommend it. Yeah, well, I'll have to check that out. And another way to get great reps, you know, for, yeah. for all this stuff, yeah. Just start talking. Yeah. Well, yeah. And a lot of it isn't, and again, like, because Twitter, there is a big podcast community on Twitter, probably more so than any other app. Um, our social media platform, um, but a lot of people hosting spaces are not podcasters, so it's like mm-hmm. I have that 
following that community, but I also have all these other people who are like in marketing, in the outdoor space, and things that I also enjoy outside of podcasting. So it's kind yeah. of nice to get that mix of people who are all there just to like talk and learn. And That's great. Yeah. Because we're in this little bubble of podcasting sometimes, and it's nice to grow beyond that. Yeah. 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 So... Yeah, but thank you for the question. I appreciate being put on the <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of fun. Yeah. Tell me so, more about Honey and Hustle. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Um, but yeah, so going because on that vein, so you guys have done some live streaming and do some live shows and have gone to events now that it's kind of relatively safer to go to events now and to mm-hmm. come back on your grind of like, hey, you're here, let's get an interview in. Hey, let's do this. Um, what has that experience kind of been like? Because again, that is part of your original value add was like, hey, we can come to you, we can set this thing up, boom, 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 we got it. Um, so what has that been like, just like getting back to taking that show on the road and creating that live experience that's not, or maybe doesn't feel as curated as coming to the studio at Raleigh Founded and doing like a very contained environment type? Yeah. Now that stuff is where the jitters are at this point because you know we always say record drunk and edit sober um, when we're recording episodes. That's not the case yeah, with live no episodes. It's like, <laughs> yeah. well, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know that speech we always give you about record drunk, edit sober. Yeah. No. Nope, Remember we always say we're not live. Yeah, we are. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's different, and it, it is a is a high. It is a thrill. Um, we did a, a podcast marathon at Rally Founded in June or July of last year, and it was nine episodes live streamed all day. And it was awesome. We had the mayor in there. We had Terrence Holt in there. Um, there were just awesome guests, and it was it was so much fun. But we also learned a lot. And then in uh, in March of 2022, um, American Underground's podcast marathon. So eight episodes live streamed all day, and some amazing guests there, including Jim Sills from MNF Bank, um, Johnny Hackett, who's coming to uh, Black Dollar, bringing Black Dollar to uh, Durham, yeah. which is just awesome. Uh, Ricky Moore, who's nominated for a James Beard Award. I'm going to say this. You know, I tried to get you on the show, Ricky Moore. That's all. <laughs> if you're watching this and you want to come on, you just let me know. <laughs> I end up softbox all the time. I'm just saying. With yeah. Friends, it, it could be fine. Fuck it, too. I haven't. Is it awesome? It's... Come on. I, I <laughs> made, you just made it worse by saying that. <laughs> so good. Absolutely. Worth... Yeah. Oh, yeah, he definitely deserves that nomination for sure. Yeah, Yeah. but that's some things where you think about taking podcasts to the next level. And what is that exactly? And how do you how do you incorporate video streams? And you're doing this, you know, with with your podcast, right? How do you incorporate video streams? How do you incorporate the live components of it? How do you get your hosts and guests ready? Um, How do you do like creative concepts where we're kind of creating like a, our own TV station at that point. Like we literally have commercials and everything in between the episodes. Mm-hmm. And CC put together uh, an amazing um, shoot with us of, of welcoming uh, Earfluence to Durham, I guess you could say. And so that went with uh, the top of the episode and then in between each of the episodes. Mm-hmm. So we think about that as becoming, not, we're not becoming a TV station by any means. <laughs> no, I, t- did, I don't want to do that. No. <laughs> No. I said that at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, but it's like that for a day, right? It is, yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure. and so it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's, it is stressful, um, but I, I enjoy it. And, you know, those things that um, kind of keep you up at night and you're thinking about, you know, it stinks in the moment, but at the same time, those are the things that you remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to get everybody together, too, yeah. to, like, celebrate something. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you find the guests get nervous when they have kind of like this audience now? Sometimes. It yeah. depends on the guest. I think at the very beginning, everyone is. But the more you start talking, the more you forget that there's a camera there and there are people watching you. Okay. Yeah. I would say the hosts are more nervous mm. because it feels like there's more responsibility on their end. Yeah. Um, where there's no safety net of, you know, can we go ahead and pause here for a second? Um, and, you know, they have to think about what the next question is. Whereas the guests, it's not really their responsibility to do that. They're just they're just there and having fun with it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so you guys said you have commercials, and you've also talked about um, dynamic ad inserts that you guys have done uh, and do currently with podcasts and with the clients they work with. Um, and I think, again, going back, podcasting being so new, the creator economy evolving every day, you know, there's probably a lot of people wondering, okay, so how do you make money? Is it just producing? But it sounds like you guys are diversifying with uh, brand partnerships and commercials. Can you tell me a little bit about how you've tried to, or not tried to, but successfully pitched, like, hey, this is a value add. This may not be the Joe Rogan show, but there's an audience. There's a dedicated yeah. audience, and that will, you know, be engaging with this ad. Yeah, absolutely. So um, are you talking about how we're making money? Yeah, or, I was about how, to say, so how, we're how our money. clients are. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to break down how you're making money. <laughs> but I guess just like how you're diversifying your income streams as a podcasting company. Sure. Yeah, so there's there's a, a few things. And the dynamic ads are really more ads for our clients. Okay. So, you know, when we're talking about their podcasts, we're always talking to them about, okay, well, what are your main calls to action for mm -hmm. these shows? What's the success for you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like what are you trying to, to promote here? So I was talking to somebody um, in this area who's, uh, who's got a company called Openly Aging. Um, and you know, she's a consultant for senior living. So like for me as an adult child, um, my parents will be aging soon enough, right? And needing senior care. Well, I'm busy, like how do I make sure that they're getting the right care? And this is what, what she does. And she was asking me, like, well, how do I monetize this podcast? And it's like, well, we're not going to sell ads for this show. The ad is you in, in your business. It is here are the courses that I'm, I'm putting out there. The, the ad is I'm available for speaking. Um, the ad is you know, hire me as a consultant. So those are the ads that we're putting in to these shows for the most part. Um, I look at it like with uh, my wife's podcast. So her podcast, Weddings for Real, on episode 171 now, um, top 1% of all podcasts. We used to do ads for Cara Vitamins and um, Squarespace. Hello Fresh. Hello Fresh, yeah. yes. All right, so and, and we, <laughs> we would get these Hello Fresh boxes and we were responsible for actually taking videos of like, whoa, cool, hello fresh, <laughs> this is amazing. And I'm like, sure that was so comfortable to do. Oh my gosh! And <laughs> hello fresh, it's sound, it's great if you're, you know, just a, a couple um, or single, but with kids who like chicken nuggets, like it's not the the best thing, and it does not take 20 minutes. Like there is a, a learning curve. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> so, uh, so, sorry, HelloFresh. But um, anyway, so 
we were doing these ads and it, it was taken away from the message that we wanted. And so we were getting paid for these ads, but it was like, wait a minute here. No. I, we want the, people to pay us, not HelloFresh. Right. Yeah. yeah. The call to action is um, I'm a consultant and the call to action is sign up for the planner's vault. And the call to action is I'll be speaking at this event. And so like once we got that on track, um, you know, that's, that's when... Um, her business started to really pick up um, in that the, the podcast itself was that top of funnel marketing strategy for her. And I think we're fortunate too at this point that we produce so many different podcasts, but always in a kind of similar niche yeah. that we can advertise our shows on other shows of ours to yeah. audiences that we know are also going to be interested and kind of create an overlap so we can lift all of them up all at once. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm hearing is this is the anti-brand partnership. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, forget everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like what you can offer to your audience existing already because it's like depending on the audience size, I mean, for the most part, if you're a consistent host, whether you have guests or not, audience is here for you. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. And you, they want to, like if you're doing an ad, there's a reason that they tell you the host should read the ad because they trust you. They're there for you. Right. And um, they want whatever you are telling them to get. And if you're saying, like, I know this, they're going to be like, yeah, of course you do. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. If the ads work, though, if, the, if there are third-party advertisers that are interested and it's a fit for the show, like... Yeah, that works. You know, it, it could work. We're not totally right. against it. Right. right. Yeah. But for the most part. If it, if it doesn't fit your brand, then yeah. no. For the most part, the podcasts themselves are ads for our clients. Yeah. And, and again, that top of funnel marketing strategy for them. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So, um, one of the first things out of your mouth was, you don't need to be viral to add value. Right? Yeah. And I love that little phrase. So, can you talk to me and people watching here who are like, okay, you know, there aren't many viral podcasts or like well known podcasts. You know, there's the Joe Rogan, there's the Call Her Daddy, which still amazes me to this day. <laughs> there's, yeah. you know, like, you know, Oprah has one, you know, Obama's been on a few, Outside Magazine has, you know, a network of podcasts. Like, there are some that are well known, but for the majority of people, like, it's not like YouTube where there's a bunch of well known YouTubers. Like, that dichotomy still exists there a little bit. So, can you talk to me a little bit about just, I mean, like, for people who are like, okay, I'm starting a business, you know, I'm comfortable with audio, maybe not video. Mm -hmm. I see that social audio is becoming more and more of a thing. Um, what are some things that I should think about when it comes to like creating a show that is going to be valuable for me and for my business? Can I start here? Yeah. I know you keep starting. Go for I, it. I have something to say for this one. <laughs> the, the internet is everyone talking all of the time. Everyone has a thought, an opinion, an idea, or whatever to share. And if you let that discourage you from doing something, then you're completely missing out because everybody else is going to be there no matter what. So you might as well get on there and say whatever you need to say because at least some people are going to hear it. And what's important is your audience, the people who care about your topic are going to hear it. It's not necessarily that everybody in the world hears it because with peace and love, not everybody in the world cares about your topic and that's okay. But if you're reaching the right people, it doesn't necessarily matter how many people you're actually reaching. I feel like it, but the numbers can be discouraging for a lot of people. I've definitely yeah. seen that in the podcast space where people have been going at it for, you know, a year, two years, three years, five years. For sure. And I've never hit, like, certain major milestones that I thought I was going to hit by now. You know, my show wasn't monetized. I'm doing all this work and labor for free outside yeah. of the other things that I'm using to pay myself, essentially, to dedicate this time to this. So I think it can be 
Views can scary. make you depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Numbers and analytics and everything on the internet makes you depressed. It can be very yeah, yeah. discouraging for people who want to start because they're like, well, you know, not a lot of people are listening or watching. And so it's like, what value am I really getting, even if I am pitching myself as my own ad? You know, mm-hmm. like, have you had that kind of those kind of conversations with people? Um, I mean, obviously, all your podcasts are successful, but, you know, like, it takes time <laughs> to get there. You know, it takes time to get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So um, Chantal Allen from uh, WR TechWire was asking me recently, um, you know, podcasts are seemingly ubiquitous now. And uh, to a degree, that's true because there are so many podcasts. But at the same time, like there is a lot of blogs, too. Um, And this is going to be something where people need a podcast just like they need a website, just like they need a, a blog to showcase what they know um, and you know, create content from that podcast to the frustration of you know, the, the audience building. Yeah, I mean, that, that, can, be, that can be really tricky. Now, for a business, um, you know, you're, it, it's showcasing what you know for sure. To an individual, I was talking to um, Aaron Califato from 7 Minute Stories, and he's got this amazing podcast about 7 Minute Stories. <laughs> <laughs> and he was talking about like, you know, I don't do ads for my podcast, and it's a lot of work, but the reality is this is something that has kept me employed because employers will look at this content and be like, oh, wow, look at this, what, what this guy can do. And so he's been able to keep up and you know, differentiate himself from other um, people, other candidates, because of his podcast and his, his amazing storytelling. So he's a storyteller for his business, and you know that's perfect for him because his, his employer can see, oh wow, look at what this guy can do. So there's a lot of reasons to have a podcast for both a business and, and from a personal standpoint, even if it's not a, a viral hit. Yeah, I think um, in many ways for individual creators like myself, like I didn't do this strictly for my business. It's kind of like a separate thing that just became its own life form, I guess. Something to do in the pandemic. Right, yeah. yeah. And then it just grew, and, you know, you meet all these people, especially with an interview-based podcast. You meet so many people, you form so many great connections, because now, like, they can put a face to a name. You know, they understand you. They work with you. So They <laughs> um, got you. You know, they've done all these things with you now. They really can understand and speak to who you are as a person now because they have this greater connection where you don't really have with the blog, yeah. where you kind of have with YouTube, right? Um, but it's, it's a different type of just conversation, right, that you would have maybe in a coffee shop, maybe in a bar at a happy hour, maybe on a couch with friends, maybe on the backyard, just kind of depending on your vibe. But, you know, it really reaches into this kind of like, and I hate to say this word, and I know you're going to roast me, but this influencer type deal, right, because a lot of who is going to be initially listening to your show are people that you know, people in your local community, people that your friends know, your family know, people that you're connected with on social media. So it's kind of like your own little algorithm, if you will, your own little audience and little like space in the world um, that you're connecting with people and that you potentially have influence over. Um, So people who, for individuals who have come to you and they're like, hey, you know, maybe I have another business, but I want to use this individually as just like a way to get in touch with my people and just talk talk with people about issues that are important to me and educate Mm -hmm. people about issues that are important to me in the community. Like, what have those conversations been like where they're like, you know, I know it's going to be a lot of work. You know, I know that maybe my audience is of a certain size. Maybe it's not of a certain size, but I want to create that. I want to at least try to have these conversations. Yeah. What has that been like? Yeah, for sure. You want to go ahead? 
I was just going to say, I think at the beginning it has to be a passion project. And at the very beginning, you have to kind of ignore the numbers. Not completely, but you can't let yourself be discouraged by them. Um, you have to, I don't know, just go think about your mission and keep that mission in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole time. But. You think about our friend um, Justin Layla from the Buddy Ruski show, yeah. right? And he's somebody that started this off as a started his podcast off as a passion project, of course, and it's still a passion project. But the guests that he's getting, like, it is all about the community in Durham, right? And people know who he is, and he's able to have these great conversations with these people. Like, he just was able to get um, Terrence Ruth on the podcast, wasn't he? And like, these are just um, you know super well connected people, and. You know, as he thinks about like, what am I doing with my career? For example, all of a sudden, look at all these connections that that he has. Like, if he's starting a, a media company, let's say, like th- those could be his clients. If he wants a job, those could be his employers, right? And that can happen with so many different people. Yeah. Um, I also think about it from, you know, a, a mental health standpoint with with podcasting. And every time that I do a podcast, not not producing a podcast, but hosting a podcast, being a guest on a podcast. It is such a thrill. You and this phone. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put it down. Please. Yeah, it's scaring me. It's it is, it is such a thrill to be on a podcast and have like a great conversation with somebody. It is, it is like therapy light, you know, where you're actually talking to somebody, having that amazing conversation. Now, the parts afterwards where you have to edit the podcast and everything like that, those can be rough. And that's what people pay us to do. Right. But to actually have good conversations and, you know, to get out of the meetings for a little bit, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's been it's been very healthy for me and, and for our clients, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's a new take. I haven't heard that one. The mental health aspects of collaboration. Don't you agree? I mean, I do. Yeah. I mean, now that I think about it. Yeah. I mean, I still have a therapist. But right. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would keep them. That's probably good. Don't, yeah. don't use podcasting as a therapy replacement. I look straight into the camera and tell you that. That's but why I said it's therapy not. light. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think, uh, I don't know. I just think it's so fun. Like, with podcasting, there is this element of, like, getting, I don't know, like-minded, but, like, like industry, some some mutual some mutual connection between like you and your guest there. So there is kind of like this risk of being in an echo chamber of people who just agree with you all the time. But yeah. I also think like there's moments like this where it's like, yeah, we have something in common, but there's also like you bring a different perspective to the table as well. So that's really mm-hmm. nice to get people's different perspectives and just like maybe even things that you've thought about but never said. Mm. And then now you have this other person who's like, no, I was just thinking about that. No, yeah. I was just talking to somebody about that. And so you have this kind of awareness of like getting ideas out there and generating ideas and getting new perspectives on ideas that maybe you're in kind of like infancy phases yeah. of, you know, just thought. And I just think that's also fun and just, yeah. I think it's really important to us that we don't work in an echo chamber. I think because of the DEI companies that we work with, it's very important for us to make sure that we don't end up creating those in our shows because we understand how important like diversity is in perspectives and for quality and for, you know, better understanding of the world too. So, yeah. yeah. It was interesting recently. CC was looking at the lineup for diversity beyond Fox, <laughs> or she was doing a compilation episode of yeah. season five and she's like, I don't think there's any white guys. Yeah, on and it's this. like I never thought I would say we need a white man, but I think right. next season we need a white man because yeah. we haven't had one in a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's crazy to think about, but like 
it's very, you know, very important to make sure that we include everybody. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, let me ask you a question. Like, do you try to find guests that might disagree with you on some things and are not the, the echo chamber type of situation? I would say I try to find people who disagree with me just because very rarely do I ever talk about things that I have a super strong opinion about. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to have an argument on yeah. your show? Yeah. I will, I will say, though, that I, I do actively... Only, like I understand that I have a platform, you know. Mm -hmm. what I'm saying no matter how small, like I understand that you know I want to have a certain amount of integrity attached to my show. Mm -hmm. So um, you can affirm me now. It's very rarely that I will knowingly invite someone who is like an exploitative person who adopts this like Trump business mindset. Like, yeah. Right. F everybody. Like screw over people, pay people, or don't people at all. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't give a crap about the people that you work with. Like, very rarely will I invite somebody like that on the show knowingly. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, there is, there's definitely a business ethos that I do want the guests on my show to embody. I will say that. Um, but in terms of thought, I definitely try to bring people who have a different entrepreneurial experience than me on the show. Yeah. Um, and continue to diversify that and get people who aren't just like, oh, yeah, I... You know, left my job during the pandemic, started full-time. Things have been great. Like, that's not the only way. Yeah. And that's not the only path to entrepreneurship and creativity and, you know, doing all the things. So I definitely try to diversify in that sense as well. Yeah. So. It's interesting. Like, we're very left-leaning, I would say. Yeah. Um, and I think about that. Like, are we not boxing ourselves in, but could we, are we able to see other sides of things and, and share those perspectives as well? But at the same time, like I remember maybe a year ago, we had one interview where it was so far out there. Um, we're like, I'm sorry, we can't we can't air this. Like yeah. we were telling the host, like you this is a big risk for you to air this. Like you really may get canceled because of right. this. Right. Well, it was to the point. It's like I think a, we have a problem these days of thinking like that our opinions can be different from what the actual facts of things are. And I think a lot of times people want to include everybody's facts or whatever when it's really just their opinion to the point where it can be very dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that we should not talk to people who are different than us because then we'll never grow. Yeah. But I do think that we should make sure that we're all reading the same book. You know then I, what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we're all we're all seeing and understanding the same things. How we feel about those things can be different. Yeah. But at when it gets to the point to where it's like you're literally at a different library, like that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's and it's also hard because it's like there are some people who have incredible businesses who mm -hmm. are also just like not people who care about the environment or who care about like the people that they work with or care about doing things that they like. You know what I'm saying? It's just like get it by any means, and it's just like okay, mm -hmm. maybe not um, actually. And <laughs> I also like to think that that doesn't necessarily mean that we're too left leading. I think that means we're kind people who care about things and we want to be around other kind people who care about things. Exactly. And I don't think everything is about politics, despite the fact that we tend to make it that way. Right. right. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. I mean, like, I don't know, we could probably go on about this all day and I don't want to politicize this by any means or whatever, but like, you know, when it comes to, and this specifically being a business show or anybody who has a business and is doing a podcast for their business, it's yeah. like, okay, what do I want to be known for? Like, who do I want to be known for associating with? Mm. And that, unfortunately, is becoming an increasingly important question because we are seeing businesses get roasted to the ends of the earth. Yeah. Spotify, 
for example, getting roasted to the ends of the earth for having people that, you know, may have been offensive, who mm-hmm. don't care about certain people, who have been dismissive of certain people on their on their platforms. And it's like Exclusively. Really, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, you know, in some ways it's like you do have to think about like, well what you know, message am I really sending by having certain people on the show? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and part of our pillar is, or one of our pillars is celebrate diverse voices. So we need to make sure we do that. Um, but then we also want to make sure that we're telling amazing stories. And then as we're growing, we got to think about, like, well, what is the sustainability part of it as well? Yeah. So, you know, how do we do that? As that? It's not as that conversation gets louder. It's like, okay, well, as we're growing, we need to figure out that's the right thing to do as well in making sure that we're promoting those sustainable um, Initiatives, you know, and <laughs> I, this is getting way out of left field, but you know, just saving the planet type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that I definitely it, part of this might be my fault, but I am very open about all of my opinions, and we talk about them on our show. <laughs> yeah. Like when we were talking about you know the election and stuff like that. Like we are we have a podcast about podcasts, but we still <laughs> manage to talk about the election, you know, because that stuff is important to us. And I think that as people, we want other people to know like who what we stand for and yeah. things like that. Yeah. yeah, we had I actually had somebody a, a prospect reach out to us and then listen to our podcast and call me out on some of the things that we said and said I don't think we're gonna you know be the right fit. I'm like, okay. cool. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. Who I am. <laughs> yeah. I had this conversation. And yeah. honestly, like it saves you a little bit too because the people who don't like what you stand for will not. I mean, you probably wouldn't have that great of a time working with them anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I, I definitely, that was definitely something that I had to come to groups with when I first started the podcast because I started in March, George Floyd uproar rising happened in mm-hmm. like May. So it was like very quickly, I was like, okay, do I want strictly business people or do I want a certain type of business people like mm-hmm. on my show and like not just businesses but like nonprofits and like social enterprises and like different like facets of business, like really honing in on that. And I think that just comes with time. Yeah. Too, you know, yeah. and one thing I always tell myself, because like I've done it, I've looked at my list and like, okay, I don't have a Latino person on here. Like I need to change that. I don't have an Asian American person on here. I need to change that. Like I don't have as many men as I do women. I need to change that. Um, and sometimes I just come to grips with the fact that like, you know what, like in terms of being exclusionary or being, I don't know, true to myself or left-leaning, whatever you want to call it, like there's always been an audience for people who are not like me. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. You know, so it's like I, I don't feel bad when I say things like I want somebody who cares about the environment. Yeah. Sh- or like I want people who care about the people they work with on my show. Like, yeah. I feel like <laughs> care about people you work with is bare minimum. <laughs> bare like minimum. the bar is on the floor at that point. <laughs> like, Listen, the bar was set. It was beneath the floor. Yeah, the bar is in the basement. <laughs> That's like the thing. It's like there's always been an audience for people like that. Yeah. They're just not for me, you know? For sure. Okay, too. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Well, I think that is a great note to end on. Can you tell people how to find Earfluence and get in touch with you if they want you to produce a show for them? Go for it. Yeah, at Earfluence Media on everything. Um, Follow us. If you are interested in working with us, info at earfluence.com or www.earfluence.com. Okay. Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thank Thank you so much.